0: Hunter Biden agrees to testify in front of House oversight about his father's alleged involvement in his shady business dealings. Could this be the moment he throws old pop pop under the bus? Well, the show starts now.
1: What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie,
0: Christmas has come early for House Republicans and, quite frankly, all of us who still give a damn about the integrity of the Oval Office. Hunter Biden, yes, the Hunter Biden, will comply with a subpoena issued by House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer to testify testify about those overseas business dealings and, more importantly, his father's alleged involvement. And here's the kicker. Hunter wants the testimony to be public. That's right. Hunter wants it to be public. I did not have that one on my bingo card. House oversight leaders insist that his first deposition follows the precedent of being closed door, but Comer agreed that Hunter should at some point testify publicly. Hunter is a confident man, I will give him that. But I wonder, if the heat gets high enough, would Hunter sell out the big guy, the brand, to save his own hide? Let's bring in my friend and host of the David J. Harris Jr. show, David Harris Jr., David, it's great to have you. I want to talk about I want to talk about this Hunter testimony and the fact that he wants it to be public. Is he just overly confident here? Is this part of the narcissism talking? Or what do you think his strategy is?
2: You know, I'd like to believe that he was gonna out the big guy, but I think he understands the Clinton body count is real. And uh I think Joe is is par for the course for Hillary. So I think he's just that cocky. I mean, look—he's gotten away with everything. He got away with uh, with throwing away a gun behind a, a, a school in a dumpster. Did not uh, he lied on his on the license to get that firearm um, about his felonies? He's gotten caught smoking crack. He's gotten caught with all the things that have to do with the prostitutes, all the money. He slept with his brother's ex-wife. I mean, what has this guy not gotten away with? He's gotten away with so much that I think that he thinks that this is going to be his five minutes of fame in the spotlight where he gets to shine like he thought he shined on Dateline when he was talking about sniffing around the carpet looking for Parmesan cheese or looking for crack and thinking it was Parmesan cheese. He's gotten away with all of it. So this is uh, the Democrats' darling son that if this was Trump's, any of Trump's kids would have been crucified in the media, but he gets away with it. So I think that he just thinks this is going to be his opportunity to be, uh, to be a shining star, get up there and lie like the rug that he is, and uh, just have fun. It's a mockery is what it is.
0: Yeah, I agree with you to some extent here. But the fact that he would want to testify publicly when there's so much evidence, I think that's the thing. If this were just not evidence-based and it was just... You know, they had a few things here and there. I mean, they literally have smoking gun after smoking gun after smoking gun. The the place is going up in flames with all of the smoke that we have about these overseas business dealings and the WhatsApp message. I'm here with my father, the threats and the shakedowns for money. So as much as I would agree that maybe he's using this for fame and maybe to move some more of his ugly paintings, I also wonder why he would want to expose him and his father to that but i also wonder if the democrats are secretly salivating over this like maybe this is their opportunity to get rid of joe biden if they've got hunter testifying and it's it's really bad and it's not looking so good maybe this is their opportunity to pivot away from joe so they don't have to run somebody who's got a 27% approval rating in 2024 do you think that could possibly be part of this
2: it could be tommy you know what there's no putting anything past these people uh what what uh what Hunter, again, what he understands that he's up against. I, I think you're right. I think that he's got to know he's got to make deals somewhere. He's got to do something to try to save his hide. Because if there's any ounce of justice whatsoever left in, uh, in the judicial system, period, he'd be going to jail forever. It's treason what he's been uh, uh, What what he's done and uh, you know so his maybe his maybe he feels like his last actual get out of jail card isn't going to come from the democrats i don't know it's it's so it's so upside down i'll tell you one thing though i will be watching and i will have my popcorn cuz it's going to yeah. be something to watch uh, either way it shakes down
0: i got to tell you i'm a little conflicted because as much as i want to get to the bottom of these overseas business dealings and of course joe biden's involvement in it as much as i'd like to see justice here it feels like The way to go against Joe probably isn't this route because the American public doesn't seem to care. I think maybe the better thing to do to get rid of Joe or at least to beat Joe in 2024 if he is indeed the nominee is to talk about two things, how bad everything is with Joe in charge and two, the fact that he is physically and mentally failing. But I think that the White House is trying to run a new PR campaign here. They tried Bidenomics. That didn't really work. But now instead of just having a catchy slogan for the dumpster fire they've created, They're actually trying to convince American people that things are actually great despite our own eyes. Let's listen to Joe talk about Thanksgiving and how it was so cheap for all of us little people.
3: In fact, as a share of earnings this Thanksgiving, dinner was the fourth cheapest ever on record. I want you all to know that. (laughs) I look at all the press. Look at that. Press is particularly excited about that. I can see
0: are you excited about it, David? Was your uh, Thanksgiving dinner the, the fourth cheapest you've ever had? Mine certainly wasn't.
2: No, no, it wasn't. Where are the fact checkers at? I know you and I both, oh, for, for years, anything out of the slightest, out of the slightest shadow of an inkling of something that's not 100% plus 10 right, there's a fact check. We're de- we're de- demonetized, we're slapped down, our reach is gone. This is the president of the United States Lying his butt off to the American people. Where are they at? And why isn't the mainstream media holding them accountable? Uh, it's asinine to me. I, I, I've seen more families and heard of more families struggling this this holiday season than I have in a very very long time. Every time I go through the the checkout line, I see these bags that are prepackaged for families in the area, and I buy a bunch of them. Uh, I just it's like I gotta feel like I gotta do more and do something. Uh, I'm blessed. I'm fortunate, but the fact that p- so many people uh, all around the all around the country are hurting so bad, and Joe has the audacity to get up there and lie like that to the American people, it, it really it really burns me up. It's it's disgusting. It's distasteful, and it's just flat out evil, in my opinion. It's just the father of lies is Satan, and yeah. you're watching this one of his sons talk to the American people.
0: And all the Biden surrogates, the few that they have left, are still going on every mainstream media network, including our own Fox News telling people, you know, you you think it's bad, but it's not actually bad. And to me, that's so condescending and insulting to tell average Americans, oh, actually, the, the plight that you're feeling, the struggle you're feeling every time you fill up your gas tank, every time you go to buy groceries, if you're trying to make a mortgage payment, pay for anything in this country. It's actually not as bad as you think it is when they can see and they can understand for themselves how bad it is. I wonder, though, especially now when we've got an estimated $451 billion we're going to have to shell out for illegal immigrants. Do you think it's going to change votes in 2024? I would I would hope that it would, but I I don't want to be pessimistic. I just feel like people aren't making the connection and they're still going to vote Democrat, even in these areas where they seem hopping mad about the illegals and the inflation and the Bidenomics. I don't know if it's enough to move the dial.
2: Well, I think it is, Tommy. I think, I think in one aspect it is. I think I've, I've heard a lot from a lot of people that have said, you know what? I'm waking up, I'm changing my vote. I mean, heck, even one of the leaders of the BLM organization in his, in his area came out and said, we need to vote for Trump. Uh, we need we need to switch sides. We need to wake up from this. A lot of people are absolutely waking up. We're seeing it by more rappers, more entertainers, uh, especially in the black and brown community that are not afraid to say what I've been saying, a lot of us have been, have been saying in the black community for years that the Democrats, want to own your vote and they want to own you and they want to own your allegiance and then they don't want to give you anything in return the republican party that was founded as the anti-slavery party the party that trump decided to champion and all the positive things uh that the conservative movement is in the republican party is something that is for all people and it's for the black and brown community so while i'm seeing a lot of americans waking up people tweeting about it talking about it on my on social media david j harris jr is my social media when people see that uh, when people come and they po- I post something about the, the the country, I see so many comments of people saying, "You know what? I woke up. I finally woke up." Uh, from you name the disaster, you name the from the Afghanistan Afghanistan withdrawal uh, to uh, uh, to the economy, to gas, to foreign uh, foreign policy, to the war in Ukraine, to dumping more and more money to Ukraine. So while I believe people are waking up, Tommy, the other issue is the exact same issue we had in 2020 where we need to make sure that there's not anything outside of legal, legitimate ballots being counted at the ballot box. That is my number one concern, as well as many states like New York's already talking about, it. think doing giving driver's licenses to illegals that are going to try to get these illegals that are now in our country the right to vote. And what are they going to vote for? More free stuff.
0: Yeah, that's my concern as well. I have more concerns, and that is suburban women. So I'm really concerned about Roe v. Wade, the Dobbs decision, the the overturn there. Um, not because it personally concerns me. I think it should lie with the states. I think the states are the, are the perfect answer to this, this long-discussed issue and conflict. I think states should decide. If you live in California, you're probably going to have on-demand abortion. If you live in Tennessee, you're probably not. So I think that's a great place for it to lie. However, the messaging has not reached... The average American is not reached suburban women and there are a lot of young people and women who are going to vote democrat simply because of Roe v Wade overturn How do Republicans get out of that? I wish I could say, oh, you know, we're the pro-life generation, but that would be a lie because time and time again, we've been shown, whether it be the midterms or whether these last round of elections in 2023, we've been shown that this Dobbs decision is a death nail for anybody with an R behind their name in many, many states and races. How do we get beyond that?
2: Well, I think it's exactly what you said. It's the messaging. We need to be better on the messaging. It should be up to the states. And the fact that, uh, that that it's been that Rose been overturned just means that the federal level, it's not a national mandate to kill babies, it, it, leave it up to the states. And then if you don't like that state, go to another state, whatever. But uh, I think that we need to be better about the messaging. People need to understand it's the head of your state, your governor's responsibility on what he's going to do in the state legislature, of course, uh, on what they're going to present to your governor and what the governor is going to pass. And then it's a state, and then it's a state issue, and it takes so much of the pressure off of the national issue, the national race for who's going to become president. That's the only way that we're going to win and beat that narrative is uh, is uh, messaging and exposing and expounding on it being a state level issue, and that's where it should be.
0: I agree with you, but a couple things that are going to be problematic. We saw it in Kentucky, and we saw it in Ohio, um, swing states in particular. If we do say, "Hey, it's up to the states," and then those states. Are led by Republicans or they, they want to be led by Republicans or they're edging closer to being led by Republicans, and the Republicans that are running say that we are going to have, you know, a, a five-week ban or whatever, and then they lose those elections, and that's probably gonna be down ballot in 2024 because someone's gonna go and vote Democrat because they wanna protect abortion, so they're probably gonna vote Democrat all the way down. I'm concerned about swing states for that reason. I agree it needs to be a states' right issue, but what about these states that would maybe go Republican, but for that issue they will go Democrat. I'm worried about that.
2: Yeah, I understand that worry and that concern. And I I think that it's just another level of messaging. Uh, I I really think that when somebody sees the messaging that, uh, you know, like you use live action for an example, Uh, I was just in uh, Southern California for their for their awards ceremony and got to hear from Uh, Justin Bieber's mother that shared that she got pregnant early 17. The father wasn't in the picture. She was pressured by everybody to give up the baby to have an abortion basically to, to kill the baby to terminate the pregnancy. And she decided to choose life. She decided to give the baby a chance, even though she was young, even though she was still going through problems, she still had her own issues. She decided to give the baby a chance at life. And look at what the blessing Justin Bieber has been to the world. I, I think when people really understand the messaging behind, you know, one, one negative thing that there, there's still such, such as uh, erroneous message that abortion is just there for rape and incest. That makes up less than 1%, uh, maybe 1% of all abortions. It's mostly used as birth control. And when two people have sex, an act of procreation, and then they create a life, an answer is not to then go terminate that life the special spark of life that they've identified that takes place as soon as that sperm enters an egg. That's a miraculous, beautiful, amazing thing. That is a, that is a new creation. It has its own DNA. Just because it's not outside of the womb yet doesn't mean it's not a living, breathing creature. It's in there breathing, getting oxygen through the uh, through the tube from the mother. I think the messaging for people needs to be understand what's at stake when you're saying it's okay to murder babies. Because everybody should have a chance at life the same way that we do now that we're outside of the womb. So I think it's another level of messaging. uh, And that's the messaging that I've seen live action do when they show what happens in a late term abortion, that people have no idea that babies are literally getting torn apart limb by limb before they get pulled out of the womb. They don't they don't know. They have no idea. But I believe most people are inherently good. Uh, they they have good hearts and when they see what's happening and they're forced to actually make a decision on hey, is this tearing a baby apart okay? In your opinion, most of them, when they understand and they see the facts, they say no. So I'm a big proponent for messaging and, and yeah. messaging a, a, a message that's understanding that it's a baby, that it's a yeah, life. No, I, I got two grandbabies now.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you, but one that's but six here's- months
2: old and one that's a year and a half. And I just I couldn't even imagine anybody doing anything to harm either of my two grandchildren. And yet to think about it, hold my grandbaby in my arms when she was just six hours old to think about that some of these states say that seven hours prior, it would have been okay to go in there and cut that baby up in pieces. It's just so boring. It's so evil. I think Uh, you're right about that,
0: though. We need to focus on on outlawing uh, outlawing late term abortions. I think that that is something that people can get behind. But what you're talking about to me is has two parts. You're talking about spreading the message of pro-life to individuals, which I think is important, changing hearts and minds of individuals. But a lot of those individuals, when it comes to voting, whether they want the the ability to have an abortion or they want other people to have the ability to have an abortion, it becomes a very different issue. It's like an individual issue. We're talking about faith and we're talking about life, and that's great. But then there's a lot of people that say, hey, we still want this to be available. So that's the hurdle that I think we're going to have to climb, and I'm worried about it. But I, I want to get to one last thing, because I'm very excited about it tomorrow night. The great red versus blue debate, Newsom and DeSantis tomorrow night, Sean Hannity hosting, of course, on Fox News. What do you think the outcome of that one's going to be? And do you think it's going to help or hurt Newsom or DeSantis?
2: Well, I think it can only hurt Newsom because he has no standing. He's said some, he said some blatantly obvious erroneous statements, tweeted some erroneous things, uh, that that the fact checkers on Twitter, thank God, we actually have some real truthful fact checkers that say, "Hey, let's hold this uh, let's hold this individual accountable." He said some horrible things. I, I think Newsom is horrible for the state. I lived in California uh, when he became governor. One of the first things that he did was fine Californians that did not have health insurance, and then he simultaneously gave health insurance to illegals that were coming in Mm -hmm. across the border. This guy has been bad news from the get go. So I think it's I think it can only hurt uh, Newsom. I don't know that it's going to help DeSantis that much. Uh, His his numbers have been falling in the polls. Vivek has been rising in the polls. So I don't know that it's going to do that much to help DeSantis. Maybe it will. But I think overall, it's going to hurt Newsom. And that's really good in my book.
0: Yeah, I just worry because Newsom is very good at speaking. I think that the facts speak for themselves, and I'm a big fan, obviously, of Governor Ron DeSantis. I'm just wondering how this is going to play out, because as we know, uh, Newsom is probably a little bit more charismatic than Ron DeSantis, so sometimes the facts don't matter when it's a personality contest. And as much as I like Ron, and I think he's a great charismatic guy, I'm worried that an audience is going to listen to Newsom and his lies are going to take shape and take hold. But I want to just, before I let you go, address that last part, the Vivek climbing in the polls. I think it's Nikki Haley more so that's climbing in the polls, which terrifies me. But I'm wondering, though, it feels like everything's staying stagnant as far as the polls go. Trump still seems like he's at about 47 percent. DeSantis at about 17. Then Nikki Haley, then Vivek, and then the rest of them don't really matter at this point. But I'm wondering if you believe that Donald Trump has as commanding of a lead as it would appear in the polls. I'm skeptical. I'm very skeptical of the polls.
2: Well, I'm always skeptical of polls, too. Right. I mean, so many of the polls get it absolutely wrong and they're just trying to sway the minds of the American people uh, so that you can you know, they can kind of prop up who they want uh, or defeat those that may vote for. They may vote for Trump, but oh, he's not going to win. So I'm very skeptical of the polls as well. What I will say is uh, I I do feel that during this holiday season, there's been a little bit of uh, a little bit of the gases, you know, pedals take off the gas. Overall, I think for for politics and for these for the individuals running for president. But I think that once we get into 2024, uh, I know the Trump campaign is going to ramp some things up. uh, And I think that the voters, the base of voters for President Donald Trump is stronger than ever. All of these asinine, completely fabricated charges that they're throwing at this man all the way to treason, which carries the death penalty that is riling up his base like nothing else. And it's honestly, it's riling up people that didn't want to vote for Trump, but they're like, if they're so against this man getting back in office, like Hillary said at one point, we're all going to hang if he gets in office. I think this time around, which is why I'm so for President Trump, getting a second term, finishing what he started. Now he knows better than ever exactly what he's up against in the swamp. I believe him getting in there will be able to bring some serious serious reconstructive change that's much needed in dc so i think in 2024 we're going to see the trump campaign and his supporters just start to just shoot off to the moon it's going to be off to the races and we want to have legal and and honest and ethical elections and if we do i believe it'll be an absolute landslide for my man president donald j trump
0: I hope you're right. I like the optimism. I don't share as much optimism as you have, but I'm hoping to get it this holiday season. And I I hope you're right because we can't withstand another Biden presidency, Harris presidency, Newsom presidency, Michelle Obama presidency. I mean, pick a Democrat. We can't withstand any of it. David Harris Jr., thank you so much for spending the time with me today. And I'll talk to you very soon.
2: Thanks, Tommy. Always a pleasure.
0: All right, California is lawless, criminals, thugs, and felons rule the roost, and decent people are essentially on their own. Oh, but let's not forget that California leaders also go out of their way to make gun ownership and self-defense as difficult as possible. They don't want you to protect yourself. They demonize and degrade the officers that do want to protect you. And then, dad, insult, injury, they poo-poo all over your Second Amendment rights. Well, one L.A. area homeowner had enough. After two armed men jumped his fence and held him at gunpoint with his wife and family inside their home, Vince Ricci pulled his own firearm and eventually chased the thugs off his property. But what if he hadn't been armed and trained? What about his fellow Californians who are not only untrained and unarmed, but don't know the first thing about self-defense? Well, Vince has a message for those people and the so-called leaders in California that aid and abet this felon coddling lawlessness. And Vince joins me now. All right, Vince, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I apologize that you still live in California. I left about four years ago, and I don't know why you haven't, but it seems like you're in a beautiful home in a beautiful neighborhood outside of the event that, of course, happened to you, and you're not alone in that. Obviously, they come to the nice neighborhoods and they ransack them because that's where the resources are, and that's where usually unsuspecting Californians who hate the Second Amendment reside. But you have to tell me about what happened. We see the, the security footage, the surveillance footage, But take my audience back into that night. What happened and why you reacted the way you did?
3: Well, thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I'm actually from the Bronx, New York. I'm not from California, but I live here because of my work. But uh, back to the night, you know, they came running up and the first thing that came to my mind was protecting my family. And that's literally the only thing I thought about. That's the only thing I cared about was to make sure that they were okay. So they, I don't think many people would react like that. I think many people should start reacting like that. But ultimately, Californians need to now wake up and realize that this is this is happening a lot more and more.
0: Is this a pattern not only in your neighborhood but in other neighborhoods that are maybe more affluent in California, in Los Angeles in particular? Is this something that's fairly routine? These people coming, going house to house, taking what they can, hoping to catch people by surprise, people that are probably unarmed?
3: Yeah, this is every single day. You, you've seen since my incident, the local news has started picking it up every single night. You see home invasion after home invasion. Now they're calling it dinner time break ins where they come in at dinner time because they know that you're awake. They know that everybody's home. And it's easier to come in house when everybody's there to just tell them where everything is because they don't expect anybody to be armed. They don't expect the police to show up. They don't expect to have any blowback. So why not? It's just at this point it's it's all over the place. It's not even just in my area, it's everywhere.
0: Right. Well, and from that to the smash and grabs, I mean, it's just lawless. And and you're right, when there are no consequences applied or the consequences are so lenient on these individuals that repeatedly do this, why not? I mean, especially when you've got Prop 47, Prop 57, you can go and, you know, take $900 from five different Walgreens and it's a misdemeanor. I mean, why not? Why not go Christmas shopping every day of the flippin' week? I I lived in California. I know how bad it is. Thank God I'm not in California anymore. But I want to talk about the Second Amendment. Because we know that California has obviously far more strict gun laws. It depends county by county, but L.A. County, incredibly strict. I know that you had or had a have or had a concealed carry permit. Talk to me about how hard that was to get and what you think about that process in your area.
3: Well, ultimately, I had one and I I acquired it the proper way. But this isn't a CCW shooting. This shooting happened at my home and on my property, so technically they shouldn't have even gotten involved, but then they stripped me of it. It took two years to get, I went through the proper channels of doing it, but now the sheriffs aren't giving out any more CCWs, they're revoking the ones that do exist because it doesn't fit the current agenda to have people protecting themselves. And then after my incident, I think people were empowered to then try to go acquire these things and they're not going to get them. So, why would they want? me to be the spokesperson of the Second Amendment. They want to discredit me, disparage me, go around and make comments that of why I lost it. I didn't lose it for any other reason. Any other reason than they don't want me to have it. So question for you,
0: because Vince, we reached out to the sheriff's department there and we know that there's been a discrepancy between why exactly your CCW was revoked and they said, hey, listen, you were using a different firearm than the one that you registered. They said that it could be reinstated as long as the technicality was worked out. You know, what where are you in in that process and kind of waiting through the red tape there to get this corrected?
3: It's interesting that they say that because then they tell me there's no appeal process so i don't know why they're they're telling everybody they they said it could be reinstated i have to go to the nypd and apply which that's not getting the thing reinstated that's just going and applying somewhere else which there's no helping me do it the NYPD is not even taking applications and and not nypd lapd is not even taking applications to do that so it's basically them just shoveling the force onto somebody else the reason they gave me that I didn't contact them after the shooting, I did. I emailed them after the burglary and after the shooting. So all the reasons they said I did, I I complied 100% all the way with the whole thing. Now it's just wondering why they're not giving it back to me.
0: What's and interesting to me, a, you know and what? whether it was a technicality or not, what's interesting to me is the extent that California goes to check up on and throw the book At decent law-abiding Americans and decent law-abiding Californians, they don't seem to have that same appetite to go after the thugs and the felons and the criminals. You know, whatever happened with your permit was a technicality. It wasn't because you did anything illegal or wrong, especially in the situation you're defending your own property. But that is interesting to me, how much they throw the book at you or they're willing to investigate you. And it's like, what about the thugs and the felons who are repeatedly ransacking homes on a nightly basis? There doesn't seem to be the the same treatment. and That has to be incredibly frustrating for Californians.
3: It's it's so frustrating because they stripped me of the ability to protect my family after I earned that right, that privilege properly. They've stripped me of it and they never arrested the people. They did the sheriff's department isn't helping going after them. The NYPD the LAPD is doing the best they can with the resources they have, but the prosecutor doesn't want to prosecute them. He doesn't want to put more resources on the case. Robbery homicide is not picking up the case. These people are still out there because if they arrest them, it becomes part of the statistic and they're going to have to see those numbers. So why arrest all these people when we could just pretend it doesn't happen and we could have a lower crime rate?
0: you brought up a great point, and I'm so glad that you made that point, because there are a lot of Democrats all across this country, especially in places that have strict gun laws and, and places that are lawless in nature. Uh, they say, hey, crime is going down, everybody, but you're exactly right. When you refuse to prosecute, prosecute, when you refuse to arrest, it makes it look like crime rates are going down. When you have a release the felons policy from your jails, it looks like you're reducing the prison population, but these people are just on the street. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. A lot of people don't understand that. Living in California, you understand it. Being from New York, you understand it. So I think that there needs to be a base level understanding for Americans that aren't in those places to understand when they say that the crime is going down if you just turn the other cheek, it doesn't mean anything's going down. It just means that you're not paying attention to it or you're not bringing it to light. So I'm glad you brought that up. But I have to ask you, too. I'm sure you have a lot of friends in California that are conservative, that love their Second Amendment rights. But you probably have far more, whether they're acquaintances or friends, who don't believe in the Second Amendment. They hate guns. They're anti-gun. So what do you tell those people who don't want to protect and defend their families because they're scared of guns?
3: Um, I think they need to wake up. And i understand that there's a progressive movement and i and i believe in progress but there has to be some progress and i think that a lot of these people need to have common sense and honestly start waking up and realize that when seconds count please some minutes away and you need to defend yourself and people have to stop being anti-gun because there's a lot of responsible gun owners out there that don't need to be condemned because they own a gun it's like this uh toxic masculinity movement and toxic gun movement that it's like just because you own a gun You're afraid to tell people you own a gun. It's it's strange that people, you know, we talk about people not being racist and not being biased. And then you're making people feel like they can't tell you who they vote for or they can't tell you that they own a gun. If I didn't have a gun that day, what would have happened to my family would have been horrible. They would have brutally attacked my family, came in, probably pistol whipped everybody, probably did irreparable damage. And that's not going to happen, whether or not. I had a gun or not, but having the gun is what saved my life.
0: Right. Well, I think it's important for people to understand that thugs, felons, criminals, terrorists are always going to have firearms. So it's probably up to good, decent American patriots to protect and defend themselves. As you said, even with the best police force in the city or the state, they're still minutes away at best. And sometimes that's two minutes too late. So I'm glad that you're out there. I'm glad that you're speaking up about this. The video is obviously very powerful. So we're all thinking about you. Best of luck to you in California. We hope that it can be saved. I'm not overly optimistic, but I'm glad to hear there are Californians out there that are still speaking up.
3: Thank you so much. I appreciate you.
0: God bless you and happy holidays to your family.
3: Thank you. See you soon. Bye.
0: All right. A young Kansas City Chiefs fan was raked over the coals by a deadspin writer who falsely claimed the young boy was wearing blackface at a game. And oh, I have some final thoughts. Folks, you would have thought after a multi-million dollar lawsuit from Nick Sandman, a.k.a. the Covington Catholic student who was railroaded by the mainstream media for literally standing and smiling, that said mainstream media would have learned a lesson, but nope. If there is a white male that can be defamed, slandered, or canceled regardless of the merit or truth of the accusations, while well, members of the activist media will find that white male and go to town. And that's exactly what happened to this young Kansas City Chiefs fan after Deadspin senior rider Karin J. Phillips published a hit piece on the boy for supposedly wearing blackface to the game. The headline of the article, the NFL needs to speak out against the Kansas City Chiefs fan in blackface, native headdress. The article also included this one-sided and deceptively skewed photo of the boy to prove the point that this kid is a racist flagrantly parading around his racism at an NFL game. Damn, and it looks bad, doesn't it? Unless you provide just the tiniest amount of truth and context and show the whole damn photo of the little boy whose face is indeed painted black, but half black, not to promote racism, but as a part of the red and black colors of the flippin' Kansas City Chiefs. Furthermore, according to the boy's mother, he is of Native American descent. Oh... So was this an honest mistake by Deadspin writer Karin J. Phillips? Or was this just a sick and underhanded ruse to get clicks and ruin this young boy's life for no freaking reason at all? Well, I'm going to go with the latter, given Phillips doubled down with this post on X. That tweet is now deleted, but the damage is already done. These race hustlers are shameless. They are vultures and leeches and a disgrace to journalism. They are so hungry to find racism, they will literally create it where it doesn't exist. The demand for racism is far outpacing the supply. And this deadspin writer most definitely deserves the Nick Sandman treatment. The family of the boy he threw under the bus should sue him and the outlet into outer space. If you try to cancel someone and you have to lie and deceive and manipulate your way to it, you should be the one canceled. Rip so-called sports journalism. What a joke. Those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.